0: Creative Babble. So Neil, do you believe in soulmates? I
1: believe in podcast soulmates because I have found <laughs> mine. I found are, mine.
0: I hurt you, Neil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think our listeners know that we have it.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, as we get older, we struggle to find friends or make time to have friends. So a trick to that is just start a podcast with your friend and you are committed. Every week you have to talk to your friend. You have to be together with your podcast soulmate.
1: Yeah. So why are you asking me this question? I mean, I found my podcast soulmate. I'm married to my love of my life, as are you
0: not me, somebody else.
1: <laughs> just run us. And we drive Lambos yeah. and have a Ponzi. But can you explain to me why are you asking that question on the Ponzi
0: playbook? I don't know, man. I just think about that sometimes. You know, because it's like finding your partner in crime, your ride or die, your Bonnie and Clyde. Like, that kind of love only happens once in a lifetime if you're even lucky right
1: yeah and you brought up that sort of bonnie and clyde there right it's sort of this like yeah we'll go down guns a blazing together right and we're gonna live life to the fullest in this sort of magical love i wonder what the stats are on that kind of love you know i mean it's
0: i am so glad you asked because
1: oh, you're a stats guy i know <laughs>
0: So, what if everyone had one actual soulmate somewhere random in the world, okay? This is a question yeah. that one of my favorites, Randall Monroe, who does these awesome comics, and he's a scientist type dude, he asked this question, like, what if there was one soulmate somewhere in the world out there for you? So, let's suppose that you lock eyes with an average few dozen new strangers each day. According to Randall Monroe, You'll only
1: find true love... In
0: one lifetime out of 10,000
1: possible lifetimes. So you're screwed.
0: So yeah, Neil, finding true love sounds impossible, but today on the Ponzi Playbook, we are going to talk about two lovebirds that happened to find true love in this lifetime.
1: Wow. I know our listeners are dying to know who are these two lovebirds. Well, we're here to tell you about them today. I'm Neil McTigh, and I'm Javier Leva, and this is the Ponzi Playbook. I'm gonna start, Javier, with Brent Seaman. Brent Seaman, well, this guy, he served time in prison for mortgage fraud. Way back for some things he did in 1997, 98. He was convicted of fraud in 2001, sentenced to this 17-month long term in federal prison. He paid almost a million dollars in restitution. Yeah, so this is one of the lovebirds. This is how we're starting. This is how we're starting. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, this is Brent. He's one of the lovers, one of the birds chirping in the cage. He actually then went on to file bankruptcy twice, one as recent as 2014, and in that bankruptcy, he listed $14 million of unsecured debt. You know, in 2016, Brent Seaman and his wife, Angela, they divorced after nearly a quarter century of marriage. Angela was not his soulmate. Okay? Not the soulmate. Not the soulmate.
0: So now we know about Brent Seaman. He served lots of time, has been involved in lots of legal trouble, and he was married for 24 years, and now he's divorced. He's out of jail. He's ready to party, right?
1: He's ready to party.
0: So what, uh, what does Brent do now in this second wind of life?
1: His motto is, businesses don't grow, relationships do. Those uh-huh. are his words. That's on his LinkedIn. So in this second life, he founds Aconito Holdings. He states he founded it back in 2012. And on his LinkedIn profile, he wrote, I am a connector of people, and you can say that I am obsessed with the mission. And connect he did, because he was connecting investors and their money with his Aconito bank accounts.
0: Aconito. That's a very strange word. Where, I wonder where that
1: came from. Our listeners might not know, but I have a doctorate in Italian language and literature. It is true. Javier Aconito. Actually, comes from "accanire," which is an Italian verb. It means to irritate like a dog. Wow! Uh, It can also be translated to become embittered or enraged. But the way Brent Seaman is using it is more loose translation, a translation with a positive twist, and it's used as fierce or unrelenting. So Hmm. Brent is unrelenting in this second. Season of life here.
0: So, Neil, what does this company, Akanito, what do they do? What's their business?
1: akinito is a sort of private equity group, a holding company that invests in technology companies. As Brent says on his LinkedIn profile, we separate ourselves from venture capitalists and private equity firms, and that we embrace the all encompassing needs of a growing company.
0: But he's Clyde, and where's his Bonnie? She's somewhere out there. And this Bonnie, her name is actually Jaina O'Neill, okay? And Jaina, she was around 32 at the time, and she had just recently lost her husband, who was a military veteran, after a 15-month battle with leukemia. So here she is. She's a widowed mother of two. And I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. It must feel like your whole world just crumbled. It ended. Yeah, How do you terrible. get past something like that? But that's not Jana. Jaina O'Neal, she just picked up her life by the bootstraps, and she established a new company that helped other women overcome grief and loss. That was her business. And on her Instagram, she even puts as her description, she's a widowed mother of two with an arrow to serial entrepreneur. So she's really making this transition. She's not going to let the grief crush her. She's out there finding business success and hopefully finding new love again.
1: At what point does she meet her Clyde?
0: Neil, this is a chance encounter. Just like any classic love story, okay? She was just out vacationing in Anna Maria Island in Florida with her girls and they're having a good time. She's living the dream. You know, she's near the beach with her family, and everything's going great. So let me just read you a little bit of something that Jaina wrote about this chance encounter that she had when she met Brent. But she said, little did she know her dream was coming to pass as more confirmation was heading her way, just as God has promised her. And then she says, Brent showed up into her life and changed everything. He was a bright light that took her by surprise and was everything that she had prayed for. Brent was kind. He was a man of faith. He was a dad. And God placed him into her life at the perfect moment. Wow. So that's from her website. And Brent and Jaina married less than a year after her husband's death on October 14, 2017. Isn't that incredible?
1: You know, to our listeners, that might seem crazy, like you just lost your husband, you're grieving. How could you possibly arrive there?
0: Yeah, how could you mentally be there? Yeah, this sounds crazy, right? Yeah, this sounds crazy, right? How
1: could someone who just lost their husband then go on to fall in love and marry someone else in a short period of time, less than a year? Well, the answer is, is that this is her soulmate. This is the one lifetime match in 10,000 lives. So of course, you're gonna follow this love.
0: And boy, Neil, this love, this is one for the ages, right? This is one where, let's just get into it, right? Let's get into why yeah. Brent and Jana are on the Ponzi Playbook.
1: Well, overcoming grief, she did, in a flash, her life was filled with Lamborghinis, diamonds, Chanel, Cartier, mansions, yachts, lavish parties, I mean, even photo ops with Donald Trump. Her fuzzy, normal social media profile, which included pics of family and the sort of modest life, suddenly shifts to one of... Uh, your wealth and materialism. So she's found her true love. And Brent, as we already know, is running his Aconito Holdings companies. He's raising money. He's investing. He's successful. He's already living the life. Now she comes on board and she brings with her all of her ammunition and skills. And they together amplify Brent's businesses. And they started this company, Surge Trader. What does Surge Trader do? So they take investor money and then they fund people who are really good at currency trading. Yeah. So like, say if I'm like really good at currency trading, but I don't have money, they fund you or me, the great currency trader, like 50,000. Okay. In order to get funded, you have to take tests to prove like that you're good at currency arbitrage. Basically selling dollars and whatever against each other, because you know how they go up and down? Yeah, yeah. And you make money for that.
0: Right. Yeah. So they're trading on, you know, not commodities or anything like that. They're trading on the growth and fall of like currency, currency trading, right?
1: That's exactly right. So if like the US dollar is particularly strong against, you know, the euro... Maybe you offload some of it and you make some dough, right? Or if it's vice versa, maybe it's the other way around. But it's a way to basically make profit off of, well, other currencies. It's very difficult. You have to pass tests and exams. And Surge Trader, Javier, was one of these prop trading firms, basically, which funded these traders who pass these exams, and then you could get funded maybe $25,000, 50000 100000 by Surge Trader, and the money was coming from who? Well, the investors. The investors were hoping for a return that these talented currency arbitrage folks could promise them through their skills, right? So that's what Surge Trader is, and it's a huge business, actually, on the internet.
0: So Surge Trader is doing gangbusters, right? I mean, they are like killing it, right? Yeah, I mean, she's driving a Lambo, right? Yeah, and I mean, you could just, it's evidence from like all the social media posts, like you said, and seriously, we'll link out to the social media posts because it is quite eye-opening. It's like MTV Cribs, but like every single day. I mean- Every single day. Bikinis, private jets. I mean, it it is something out of this world. G-wagons, you know, $20,000 purses. But it was, all this success is validated Because on this financial news website called Benzinga, there's a piece called Scams Abound. What should traders look out for to not get duped? And guess who they interviewed? Let's play a clip.
1: Oh, my
2: very excited to welcome in jana from surge trader here with us excited to be working with the surge trader team you
1: know to us it's a big part of who we are you know it's it adds another layer of credibility in that transparency and allowing people you know to see who we are and where we are you know there's nothing to hide here at surge trader there's nothing to hide here at surge trader she says that i just love that it's ironic
0: yep that was jana seaman saying hey There's nothing to hide here as surge trader.
1: That is a beautiful clip, Javier. When was that posted on Benzinga?
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good question because it was posted on July 25th, 2023, just this summer. And two days, Neil, two days after that article was published, the SEC came knocking on their door. So it turns out that Brent Seaman... His wife, Jana Seaman, and search trader did, in fact, have something to hide. $20 million in net losses in just a few years. The downfall after the break.
2: Ah, uh, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy.
1: Wow, Javier, $20 million in net losses in just a few years, starting in 2019.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, the SEC smelled something fishy down in Naples, Florida, and the stink was coming from Aconito. (laughs) You know, maybe it was the flashy Instagram posts. I don't know, a whistleblower tip. Yeah, but the folks in Naples, Florida, they were posting all sorts of comments on Facebook saying, yeah. We smelled something funny with the Siemens a long, long time ago. <laughs> in late july twenty twenty three, the SEC filed a lawsuit against Brent Seaman, his four LLCs, and also some relief defendants. And let me tell you what, it alleged fraudulent activities that took place from june twenty nineteen to september twenty twenty two, in which Siemen and Aconito raised approximately $35 million from about 60 investors. And many of these investors were elderly retirees and church members from the Naples, Florida area where Brent Seaman was driving those Lambos.
0: Yeah. And they were telling people that, hey, these were safe annual returns of 18% to 48% guaranteed. They said that investor funds would be used for trading commodities, currencies, and investing in technology and software companies. But in reality, most of these funds were sent to Siemens' own companies for funding trading and possibly to pay for this lavish lifestyle that they're living. But it definitely did not go to the promised investments. Correct.
1: And, you know, he actually managed numerous entities under this Aconito name. And in the lawsuit, they refer to him like Aconito 1, Aconito 2, Aconito 3. It's like, how many Aconitos can you possibly have?
0: This is the part that I don't understand. I mean, so he has Aconito, but why does he have all these other companies? Why doesn't he just have one company?
1: Yeah, like a lot of these schemers, it's sort of a way to launder money. You can move money from one bank account to another. You have one entity over here, another entity over there. You take 50K, you move it here, another 100K there. And it kind of blurs the lines.
0: So it's almost like a magic trick, right? You know, money's flowing in and out. So it makes it harder to stand out.
1: Exactly. And that's why you have forensic accountants because they can trace that money. But, you know, it's difficult. So it, it adds a layer of protection against scrutiny.
0: Neil, let me ask you a question. I mean, do you think it's possible that this is like Brent Seaman's scheme and that maybe Jaina Seaman had nothing to do with this?
1: It is possible that Jaina knew nothing of Brent's scheme. Totally possible. But we do know that the SEC in their lawsuit included Jaina and her companies, which included Surge Trader as relief defendants, which basically means that they're on the hook if there's a judgment or some sort of financial award that's granted to the SEC. The SEC's lawsuit shows that most of that investor money was sent to surge trader, and it was then used for currency trading, and it resulted in those substantial losses, that $20 million. So what did they do? They were living this lavish lifestyle. Things were going south. They're raising more money. So then they start making these Ponzi like payments to existing investors to make, you know, whether that's the interest payment or any principal return. And then they misappropriated millions for personal expenses. So it defaulted through this failed currency trading business into a very classic Ponzi scheme.
0: So, Neil, where are these two lovebirds now? What are Brent Seaman and Jaina Seaman up to these days? Brent and Jaina, well, they're still in Naples, Florida.
1: You know, maybe life's fine. They did agree to a settlement with the SEC. And in fact, Jaina Seaman and her company Velo Holdings Group, they actually agreed to nearly $1.5 million in disgorgement and interest payments to the SEC just to settle the lawsuit. Again, they neither admit nor deny the allegations. So this is all in the court's hands right now. It hasn't been approved, but it's highly likely that it will be. And in that case, it'll just be settled, and the lawsuit will go away,
0: like nothing ever happened. But to answer the real question of where is Jana Seaman now? Well, if you go to Jana Seaman's Instagram page today, she posted a picture of herself in a bikini. With the post description that says, the only time you should ever look back is to see how far you've come. And then it has the little hands up emojis, you know, like the praise emojis, like, woo, woo. Wow. So, yeah. It seems to me that just like every other challenge that she has in her life, she is not going to look backwards. And in fact, funny enough, what's going on with Search Trader, right? You would think that this would be a gigantic blow to them, to this company. But nope. Just yesterday, as of this recording, Surge Trader turned two years old and Jaina Seaman posted, Join our celebration by receiving 20% off our site at SurgeTrader.com. This offer ends September 24th. What are you waiting for? Join Surge Trader team today. So it seems like this was just a tiny hiccup in this love affair. Yeah.
1: Javier, to circle back to the whole soulmates thing, right? I mean, they're very much like Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde were on the run for a long time. Well, I mean, are Brent and Gina on the run? I mean, is being on the run, posting on Instagram, sort of flaunting that everything's fine while you drink your morning coffee and celebrate the two years? If it's all fine, that's kind of like being on the run. That's kind of like being Bonnie and Clyde, and that kind of states that they do, in fact, have a love story that can weather the storms, that can ride on through big-time lawsuits from the SEC. so:
0: Well, Neil, that was a great episode, man. I, you know, I was waiting for our love story episode, and here we are, and you know, all this is it. So what do we got going on next time?
1: Javier, I have to have you tease this next episode. Can you please tell our listeners what we're going to be talking about next episode?
0: Neil, next time on Ponzi Playbook, we are going to take down one of our own. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 Yes. (laughs) There is a podcaster out there who used this sacred platform of ours to sell his... $11 million Ponzi scheme.
1: Wait a minute. I'm offended. I thought we were the only one who provided guaranteed returns.
0: No, but this guy, he really, really uh, (laughs) promised guaranteed returns. (laughs) But the returns stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... This guy, he's known as the cash flow king and we are gonna be talking about him.
1: Okay, and of course, these are all allegations. This is hot off the press from the SEC. All
0: right, Neil, so what have we learned today? Whatever you do, don't start a Ponzi scheme.